From Innovation Alley at Marquette University, I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap, a show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. These conversations are designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work. Together, we can solve big problems and maybe even change the world. Happy New Year, and welcome to the first episode of Innovators on Tap for 2020. In the spirit of the new year, we decided to create a special episode where we take the best insights from the show so far and help you apply them to become a better leader in the year ahead. Now, while many of us make some type of New Year's resolution about what we're going to do better, did you ever wonder where this tradition started? I did. So I asked Google, Where did the first New Year's resolution tradition come from? The custom of making New Year's resolutions has been around for thousands of years, but it hasn't always looked the way it does today. The ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. Come to find out, they were also the first to hold celebrations in honor of the New Year. Though for them, the year began not in January, but in mid-March, when the crops were planted. A similar practice occurred in ancient Rome after Julius Caesar changed the calendar and established January 1st as the beginning of the new year. January is named for Janus, the two-faced god whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches. The Romans believed that Janus symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and ahead into the future. So the Romans offered sacrifices to the deity and made promises of good conduct for the coming year. New Year's resolutions today are mostly a secular practice. Instead of making promises to the gods, most people make resolutions simply to themselves and focus on self-improvement. Research suggests that almost half of Americans make New Year's resolutions, but less than 10% are successful at achieving their goals. Now, while that might be better than nothing, we're going to aim a little higher in 2020. Let's do something that matters and really stick with it. So if you want to make a bigger impact on those around you, whether that be something as big as developing technology that could change the world, or as small as an idea that simply makes your community a better place to live, then I'd like to suggest that your New Year's resolution be to focus on how to start leading and stop managing in the year ahead. But before I go too far, I should probably explain the difference between leadership and management and why I think it matters. Management is getting someone to do what you want to deliver a predictable outcome. On the other hand, leadership is getting people to work together to do something that might not even be possible. For example, in sports, there are game managers who stick to the coach's plan and try to limit the mistakes. And then there are leaders that adapt the plan as circumstances change and inspire their teammates to take risks in an attempt to make a really big play. And when it comes to becoming a better leader, I want to remind you that it starts with your mindset. You've got to be willing to push yourself to go beyond your comfort zone, and you have to believe that everything you do today can be done better tomorrow. Now, if doing this doesn't make you a little uneasy or give you a butterfly moment, like one of my recent guests explained, then you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. 
Now, I'm not suggesting that management is bad and leadership is good, but they are certainly different and they achieve very different outcomes. And why does this matter? Well, if you want to do something new that might change the world, the principles of management are not going to get you there. In fact, they're actually going to get in your way. Think about it. Whether you realize it or not, you've likely spent most of your life being trained to think like a manager. As a student, you're taught to follow specific steps to solve a problem and get the right answer. But what happens if the problem has never been solved before and you're looking for new answers? In business, you're rewarded for reducing risk and meeting the plan. But what happens when you want to pursue an idea that others think is impossible? I believe that most people want to lead, but they just don't know how to get started. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've already heard some great advice. And what I thought would be helpful is to share the 12 best leadership ideas from the podcast so far. We've gone back to every episode and found some great quotes from different guests that get at this idea of being a better leader. Now, these ideas are not some theory from a book, but things our guests learn firsthand. And if they seem like common sense to you, that's great. But I would bet that most of us spend our days managing and not leading. And keep in mind that life is short. So if you don't lead, who will? So let's get started with the 12 ideas. Now, please note, these are not in any particular order. They are all great concepts, any of which can help you become a better leader, especially if you want to innovate. The first idea is something I call start with the person in the mirror, which came from my conversation with Paula Van Camp, an engineering student at Marquette. You cannot change other people. You can only change yourself. So if you really want people to care, you have to show how much you care. Now, I worked with a lot of talented people over the years, helping them develop as leaders. Often they would come to me complaining that some of the members of their team didn't seem to care enough about doing a great job. And my advice was to remember that leadership starts with the person you see in the mirror each morning. You have to give them a reason to care. And while making people care is part of the equation, by itself, it's not enough. You also have to give people a reason to follow, which is an idea from brewery president Dick Leinenkugel. As, as a leader, they have to want to follow you. You can't just by your position say, this is how it's going to be. Young leaders often become frustrated trying to get their team to do what they want, especially in the face of a new challenge or uncertainty. They expect their team to just get it. But as the leader, you have to give them a reason to follow you. Leadership's not done through force but by creating followership. This is also how I knew who on my team was ready to take on a leadership role. I could see it. So if you want to know if it's working, just look behind you. If you don't see anyone following, then you're not leading. And if you want to lead, you have to know where you're trying to get to. Maybe not an exact destination, but you at least need to be directionally correct. And to do this, you have to see the big picture. As John Burke, president of Trek Bicycles, explained. You know, we call it seeing something bigger than the barn. And, and that is, you can do much more than you think you can. 
Trek Bicycles was literally started in a barn in 1976, but they didn't let that limit what they believed the company could become someday. It's human nature to focus on things that are right in front of you, to let yourself be limited by conventional wisdom. You'll even hear people give the advice to, quote, stay in your lane or keep your head down. But leadership is not about waiting for the future to happen. It's about creating the future that you want to see happen. You have to go beyond your comfort zone and imagine something much bigger. And once you can see the bigger picture, it's important to recognize that leadership is like chess, which came from my interview with Kate Trevi, who's Director of Engineering Leadership Programs at Marquette. It makes me think of kind of a game of chess, right? And if you think of leadership like chess and you have different talents, different pieces that you use for different times and different things, and often we don't take the big enough perspective of the whole game board. Building and leading a team is like playing chess. Managers focus on trees, but leaders can see the entire forest. You don't start with the next move, but instead start with your ultimate goal in mind and then work backwards to best use the different pieces on your team to figure out how to get to the desired outcome. Different pieces have different capabilities, and you've got to understand their strengths and their weaknesses if you're going to succeed. Let's face it, leadership is not one size fits all. And that leads to the next idea from Steve Wojciechowski, head men's basketball coach at Marquette, who explains that you have to maximize the talent for the team. The game is always and will always be about people and getting people uh, to maximize their own individual talents and then bringing them to the group to, to maximize the group's ability. Now, a great leader creates the best team by finding the best person for each role on that team. There are many examples from sports where a group of stars loses to a less skilled but better team, where each person's talent is used in a way that makes the team much more successful. This concept has been around since Aristotle, who said that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Now, this same analogy applies in business, where small startups are able to disrupt much bigger and better funded companies. You know, it's why Cree was able to disrupt the lighting market. And it's how the last four national champions in men's college basketball were able to beat teams full of NBA first-round draft picks on their way to winning it all. In addition to building a great team, you need to create a sense of urgency, which came from my conversation with John Zaratsky. There's a very different mindset and attitude that comes when, when your company is going to run out of money and you have a certain amount of time to, to prove that you're, you're on the right track and that you're moving in that direction quickly enough. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't think that that kind of urgency exists inside of large companies that have a really strong and well-established business model. As John said, leadership starts with mindset. It's about creating an environment where success is the only path forward, even when it seems like your actions aren't critical to the ultimate success of the company. So what drives some people to keep pushing ahead when things get difficult, to go beyond the idea that you tried, but it didn't work, and keep trying? You know, there's a saying that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But how do you do it? Well, you have to create a sense of urgency, a feeling that if you don't figure it out, the company could go out of business. And when your back is against the wall, that's when you're free to do whatever it takes 
to get to the goal. That sense of urgency, it also creates an environment where leaders learn, don't be afraid of failure. As Marquette president Mike Lovell described, you can't be afraid to fail because that is actually the key to being innovative is failing. You fail, you evolve, and you grow, right? That's how you become more innovative. Great leaders understand that failure is the fuel of innovation. Unfortunately, most of us are taught to avoid failure, that we should focus on trying to get the correct answer rather than embrace a situation where the right answer is unknown. But when it comes to innovation, to doing something that has never been done before, you can't be afraid to try something that might not work. That's how you learn and how you discover something new. And once you get past the fear of failure, you can recognize that reward requires risk, which came from my conversation with Ann Zizzo, who's the founder and CEO of Zizzo Group. It's okay to fall down. It's, it's more about what you do to get up than it is about what made you fall down. Innovation is fundamentally about taking risk. Yet people still try to approach it with the idea that they can minimize risk in an attempt to maximize the result. And while that sounds nice, it just doesn't work. The potential return on any idea is directly related to the amount of risk that you're willing to take. The more you try to limit risk, the more you limit the thinking that's needed to do something great. It's kind of like the tagline for my favorite Cree LED bulb ad. A normal incandescent bulb uses about $7 worth of energy per year. This Cree LED bulb uses about a buck. If you argue with math, you will lose. And when it comes to leading innovation, the math says you have to take risk. And as you learn to take risk, you realize that it's not as hard as you think. You see success, which gives you confidence to take more risks. And while confidence is a good thing, it can also limit our ability to see new possibilities. So as a leader, you need to embrace a concept from Darren Jackson, former CEO of Advance Auto Parts, which I call check your ego at the door. Those things that make a CEO successful are the very thing that will bring a CEO down because they have been rewarded for getting them to a certain spot and they're not gonna give it up. People are often given leadership opportunities because they have success in their previous roles. This reward system tends to build a leader's ego and convince them over time that they have all the answers. But if you're gonna do something completely new, you can't rely on your past successes. You have to check your ego at the door and let the best ideas win, no matter where they come from. I can tell you that based on personal experience, this is easy to say, but it's really hard to do. And part of letting the best ideas win is to make sure you let yourself see what is really possible. For most people, that starts with this concept to think outside the box. But to be a really effective leader, you have to embrace the idea that boundary conditions are a choice, as Sumit Vora, president of Lone Rider Brewery, explained. I changed on being audience. Instead of thinking outside the box, imagine what if there was no box? We live in a world filled with rules and boundary conditions. We're taught that there's a right way to do things. Starting as young children when we're told to color within the lines. And while this feedback is well-intended, it limits our ability to see what is possible and to imagine a different and a better future. Best practices can only achieve what's already been done. To lead, you have to be willing to discover 
the next practice. So keep in mind that the box is a choice and you can choose not to be limited by it. So how do you avoid being limited by others' boundary conditions? Well, one idea is to recognize that what you don't know can't limit you. As John Palmer, co-founder of Cree, described, I think our naivete was our strength because we did not know that it couldn't be done. And we had lots and lots of people tell us it can't be done. Uh, but we were too young and, and stupid to, to listen to them. And that's kind of the only way you get the undoable done. The world is filled with experts, people who have been there and done that, people who spent years understanding a topic. But the problem with experts is that they know what's not possible. And when you're in pursuit of the impossible, what you don't know can't limit you. So don't expect the experts to show you the way. The best leaders I've met never stop looking for new ideas, often finding inspiration in the most unexpected places, which leads to an idea from Larry Miller, who's the director of music business programs at NYU, who suggested that you keep listening and keep learning. You really can learn from the smartest and dumbest people that you've ever met. You just need to be clever enough to understand which is which. The best leaders learn from everyone. We often put people into buckets, those with good ideas and those with bad ideas. And our natural inclination is to tune out those with bad ideas. But as Larry said, if you keep listening, you can actually learn from both. And leadership is all about learning. You're never done. It's a bit like golf. You keep practicing and you keep improving, or maybe not. But no matter how much you improve, you can always still get better. And that's what makes it interesting. And that's what makes it fun. So in the year ahead, I encourage you to embrace these ideas so you can be the difference in whatever you choose to focus on. Look, the world needs more leaders who enable others to embrace the mindset required for innovation and who are willing to challenge the status quo. Remember that the first step of leadership is to lead. And it will be hard, and it will require you to take more risks. But you will likely end up accomplishing something that you previously thought was impossible. And that's something worth shooting for in the new year. We hope you enjoyed this New Year's episode of Innovators on Tap. Here's a quick summary of the 12 ideas to help you start leading. One, start with the person in the mirror. Two, give people a reason to follow. Three, see something bigger than the barn. Four, maximize the talent for the team. Five, create a sense of urgency. Six, don't be afraid of failure. Seven, Leadership is like chess. Eight, check your ego at the door. Nine, imagine there is no box. 10, what you don't know can't limit you. 11, reward requires risk. And 12, keep listening and keep learning. As we look ahead to 2020, we have a number of great guests already lined up. We're also gonna try some new ideas. Listeners have asked us to try some shorter episodes focused on a single concept. We're working on some of these mini episodes and you can expect to see them from time to time in place of our normal interview shows. Please let us know what you think. 
Your feedback is critical to the show's success. If you like something and want more, let us know. And if you don't like something, let us know that as well. The best way to provide us feedback is to click on the comment link on our webpage at www.innovatorsontap.com. You're also welcome to leave us feedback on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us on this journey, and let's go change the world.